Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. everybody, Jerry here. Welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast for this week, coming to you from Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith located at 315 15th Street East in Bradenton, Florida. You can check us out online on our website at manatee-life.church or go to our Facebook page as well. Links to both of those in the show notes of this episode. And as a lot of you are already aware, I am currently still employed full-time through the end of this year, and I also have a couple of part-time <laughs> part-time responsibilities. One is the lay minister at Manatee Life Church, and the other is hosting this podcast week in and week out. And as of the recording, I have been, the recording of this episode, I have been taking a week off from that full-time job and enjoying a little bit more free time for a time of rest and reflection And one thing I want to share with you is that a sabbatical offers perspective. When you step back and out of the constant motion of doing and going, you can see life differently. Here are a few reflections from the new perspective that this week has offered me so far. One, when you have the opportunity to rest, do it. Rest is perhaps the biblical command we ignore the most, and it does cost us. Times of rest help us prioritize relationships, slow down our pace, give us time to dream, offer us space to deal with tensions in life, and can ensure that we stay moving in the right direction. God created us for a rhythm of work and rest, and when we short-circuit this rhythm, it has long-term consequences. It may mean finding an hour, a day, or a week. Take advantage of those opportunities to rest when and where they come. The second thing I've learned Each of us is more than the hats of responsibility we wear. We are more than the responsibilities we collect over time. Your identity is not just your work or just the roles you currently play. You are more than these. This is important to remember because as valuable as those roles in life are, most of them are temporary. They come and they go. They develop and they change. Take time to discover and remember who you are beyond the responsibilities you have and the roles you currently fill. The third thing I've learned is to find activities that bring you authentic delight. I think a lot of us feel guilty for making time for those things that bring us joy. And yet the author of Ecclesiastes writes in chapter eight, verse 15. So I commend enjoyment because there's nothing better for people to do under the sun, but to eat, drink, and be glad. This is what will accompany them in their hard work during the lifetime that God gives under the sun. Now, this doesn't mean that we shirk responsibility, shy away from hard work, or merely pursue passing pleasures. It does mean that God wants us to experience delight and joy, and that making time for those things is also part of faithful living. Life that is all work is not the life God wants for us. And finally, this week of being off has given me a perspective of gratitude. I have an incredible job, one that I love. I get to work alongside a church full of faithful and committed people, something I never take for granted. 
We have been entrusted with a church that is ever-changing and growing, reaching new people all the time, and I'm so, so grateful. God is preparing really meaningful work for our church to do in this next year at Manatee Life, and I have a clear belief that the very best days for our church are ahead of us. All of these lead me to a spirit of deep gratitude to God and for our church and for the future. I am excited and energized about what we will get to do in the coming month, and especially here on this podcast as well as in the church, and I hope that you will be a part of it. And when people ask me how I can be excited about that and and truly believe that God is good and even in a world like this, I can't help but think this is the God who made the galaxies perfectly. Planets aren't crashing into each other. The stars that he placed in the sky remind me of his majesty. Have you ever seen the northern lights? Wow, just wow. Each and every day, he gives us sunsets and sunrises. He made them for us. This is a God who created relationships. He knew the late night deep conversations we'd have with a friend or whomever. The inside jokes and the incredible memories we'd form with people. He made us to be able to bond deeply with one another. In fact, he created the love we get to experience. This is the God who created excitement. He gave us adrenaline. He wanted there to be music and dancing. He made nature with sights that would leave us in awe. He created us with passion and joy. Fun comes from him. This is the God who created intelligent humans who make a whole bunch of good stuff too. God made smiles. He made laughter. He designed humor. He made little babies with tiny fingers and chubby cheeks. He made dogs and cats giving millions of people the best furry companions they could have. He made delicious food that we could enjoy. He made rainforests, mountains, and oceans. And even if I forget all that, even if I can't look around and see why God is good, I always come back to this. No matter how bad things are on this earth, I can look beyond it to heaven and remember for certain that God is good because what he did on the cross, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, it's so, so good. He didn't die for us so that life on earth would be easy and comfortable. In fact, he tells us it would be otherwise. But this is the God who gives us the gift of eternal life, the greatest gift of all time. I know life hurts and we all wrestle with our faith at times, but there is no doubt in my mind that our God is undoubtedly good. In fact, good is probably an understatement. And if you've been listening over the past several months to Soul Ramblings podcast, you know that we over at Manatee Life Church are experiencing a lot of changes, a lot of things going on, not only in the church, but in spiritual lives. And it can challenge us to follow God's call to a new future or a new thing. But change and new things can also cause us to long for the good old days. Here's the thing, though. The windshield on my car is five feet by three feet in dimension. I measured it. The rear view mirror inside is nine inches by two inches. And there's a reason the windshield is about a hundred times larger than the mirror. Cars are designed to be driven forward. Drivers benefit from having an optimal view of where they're headed. It strikes me that a lot of people spend their days trying to steer their way through life by fixating on that rear view mirror. 
what's behind them in their own life's experiences guides their navigational instincts. Instead of believing that God or anybody else might be beckoning them toward a new future, they're more focused on recovering the past. The map they rely on keeps directing them backward rather than forward, which turns out to be pretty difficult if you're trying to drive. Plenty of life circumstances have people fixating on their rearview mirror. For some, it may be their past health that now frustratingly eludes them. For others, it's that inability to let go of any possession with even the slightest memory attached. Now, to be clear, we need not forget about the past. We live pretend lives if we don't let history and experience inform us. To paraphrase Soren Kierkegaard, life can only be understood backwards, but it has to be lived forward. But how to treasure or accept our past without getting stuck in it, that seems to be the trick. Teaching ourselves to gain wisdom from what's behind us without allowing that past to dictate our future is our regular assignment. Anything else may result in a crash. The longer we live, the more memories we see in our rearview mirror. But that doesn't change the size of the mirror. We still need a big windshield in front of us to see what's ahead, which is where we'll spend the rest of our lives. We'll be right back after this short break. You want to answer that, don't you? I bet it's just killing you seeing the soft glow just inches away. Someone wants to tell you something or ask you something. Oh, come on, answer it already. Just so we're clear, that wasn't my fault. Next time, ignore your inner voice. Don't text and drive. A message from Florida's trusted choice, independent insurance agents. And when I describe Manatee Life Church to other folks, I often quote the late author Rachel Held Evans, who said uh, she was talking about the kingdom of God. But I think if we replace that with the church, Manatee Life Church, we're a bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table, not because we are rich or worthy or good, but because they are hungry, because they said yes, and there's always room for more. And I think that's a pretty good description of us. And I believe Manatee Life Church is a Christian community dedicated to helping people find faith, hope, dignity, and unity alongside each other. We love to throw parties, tell stories, find hope, and practice the ways of Jesus as best we can. We're at different places on our journey, for sure, but we share a guiding story, a sweeping epic drama called The Bible. We find faith as we follow Jesus and share a willingness to honestly wrestle with God and our questions and doubts. We find dignity as God's image bearers and strive to call out that dignity in one another. We all receive, we all give. We are old, young, poor, rich, conservative, liberal, single, married, gay, straight, evangelicals, progressives, overeducated, undereducated, certain, doubting, hurting, thriving, Yet Christ's love binds our differences together in unity. We envision Manatee Life Church as a place where everyone is safe, but no one is comfortable. A place where we tell one another the truth in love. A place of sanctuary for all. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, widowed, gay, confused, filthy rich, comfortable, or dirt poor. We welcome those who are in recovery and those who are still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or down in the dumps or don't like organized religion at all. 
we offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, had religion shoved down their throats as kids, or got lost and wound up here by mistake. We welcome gamers, tourists, seekers, doubters, and you at Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith. Be sure to find out more about us by going to our website, manateelife.church. So one more rambling for you this week. When we feel like faith is completely up to us, it can feel overwhelming. We might feel tempted or to just take it or leave it, or we feel like we just don't have enough faith. So it's refreshing to acknowledge that faith doesn't just start with us and what we believe or do. Now, growing up in church, faith was always talked with the responsibility of faith being on me. In other words, you don't have enough faith. You need to have more faith. Be more faithful. Walk by faith, not by sight, and so forth. Have you ever wondered why the disciples and Mark dropped everything, their livelihood, their lives, and immediately followed Jesus? It's because children of Israel were taught the Torah at the ages of six for four years. By the age of 10, the students would have the entire Torah memorized, thanks to cell phones. I can't even memorize phone numbers anymore. But also, by this age, the students would sort themselves out, those who excelled in school and those who struggled and the rest. Those who excelled in school would graduate to the next phase of schooling, while the rest would return home to learn the family trade. Those who continued school would then go on to learn and memorize the rest of the scripture. Once this part was done, the students applied to become a disciple of a rabbi. Now, the goal of a disciple wasn't just to know everything their rabbi knew. The goal was to be just like the rabbi. The student approached the rabbi and asked to be his disciple. Then the rabbi quizzed the prospective student on the Torah, the prophets, the law, and so forth. The rabbi's reputation was on the line as well, so he couldn't just accept everyone and anyone. If the rabbi felt that this student did not have what it took to be one of his disciples, he told them to go home and learn the family trade. But if the rabbi saw potential in this kid, he said to them, come, follow me. Then that student would leave everything behind, their family, friends, home, to follow the rabbi, to become like the rabbi. Everybody wanted to hear those words, come follow me. The fact that the soon-to-be disciples of Jesus were fishing indicated that they never got chosen by a rabbi. They just weren't considered good enough to be like a rabbi. So it was surprising when this new rabbi made a beeline toward them and said, come follow me, implying you can be just like me. It was a second chance for these fishermen to be something more. This story gives insight to why Peter thought he could walk on water. As a disciple, Peter's goal wasn't just to learn what Jesus knew. It was to be just like Jesus. If Jesus could walk on water, Peter should walk on water. When Peter saw Jesus on the water, Jesus invited him to come. This is from Matthew 14. Peter started out great, but then he succumbed to his fear. He needed to be rescued by Jesus. You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts, Jesus asked. But who did Peter doubt? Did he doubt Jesus? Well, I'd argue no. Peter doubted himself. Peter's faith in himself weakened. 
he doubted that he could be just like Jesus. Throughout the Gospels, we get flashes of Jesus becoming frustrated with his disciples, but the source of frustration wasn't because they were incapable or incompetent. No, he was frustrated because of just how capable they were. He got upset because they lost faith in themselves. Jesus saw precisely what they were capable of, even when they couldn't see it for themselves. That's why he called them. That's why he entrusted them to continue his work. He believed in them. He had faith in them. Jesus says to his disciples, and that includes you, my friend, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. That's John 15, 16. Look that up. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. Jesus called you. Jesus invited you. Jesus chose you because Jesus believes that you could be just like him. You're invited to partner with God to recreate and transform your world. And God invites you to this partnership because God knows what you are capable of, even if you may not be able to see it. You are, according to God, capable of amazing things. All this to say, nothing God creates is waste. God has faith in you. God believes in you. And throughout my adolescence and beyond, I was told that I needed to have faith, and I was often reprimanded when people felt that my faith was falling short. Today, I want to remind everyone listening to Soul Ramblings podcast, God has faith in you. As much as you have faith in God, God has infinitely more faith in you. God invites you to do wonderful and extraordinary things because God knows you can do it. So go and recreate and transform your world in the name of Jesus Christ. You're invited to this work because God knows what you're capable of, even if and when you may fall short. God still invites you to keep going, even if and when your faith may waver. God's faith in you is steadfast. You're invited to be a disciple of Jesus because Christ believes that you can be just like him. So I would end with this question. and. You can take this to prayer. What is God calling you to do? Wherever you're listening to Soul Ramblings podcast today, whether you're listening on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, there's so many places you can listen to Soul Ramblings podcast. Wherever you're listening right now, if you would click subscribe, that way you never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. Get social with us on our Facebook or Instagram pages. Got links in the show notes. Be sure to follow us and like us over there and leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I know your time is valuable and I do not take that for granted. And be sure to join us next week when we will be back in the sanctuary and I'll have a message called Following Jesus in Today's World. And we'll use some scripture from Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20 as our scripture reading. So hope you can join us then. You can join us live stream at Manatee Life Church and see the entire service live online, 1030 Eastern Sunday morning. Go to Manatee Life Church or go to our Facebook page. Again, links to those in the show notes of this episode. And now this last piece of advice for you before we scoot out the door. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, Fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next week, I'm Jerry Wicker. Keep the conversation going. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. 
And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.